As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. You guys better go. It's already tufted tip mouse tanager. You're going to be late. Good morning, sweet world, and welcome to the No Dunks Podcast on the Athletic Network. It's Thursday, February 15th, 2024. I'm J.E. Skeets here in the Classic Factory, and next to me, it's the bearded woman, Top Shot Hot Boy, Trey Kirby. Hey-o! Hey-o! And last, but not least, making the magic happen, super producer. We call him J.D. Hello. There he is. I thought you were going to say more there. (laughs) So did I for a second. No task today. He's driving to Indiana. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. He had some uh, prior engagements, so we will meet him in Indianapolis, where we are going to do this show. Go home. I don't know. Have you packed already? I'm 98 percent packed. That's pretty good. Toiletries, nice chargers, and I got to trim my fingernails. <laughs> okay. I told Laura a hundred times yesterday. Remind me to trim my fingernails, unless still got caniculas or whatever they're called at okay. the end. Okay. Well, we will be after this, yes, uh, packing uh, the final 2% and then heading on a flight to Indianapolis for NBA All-Star Weekend. We encourage you to uh, obviously subscribe to us on YouTube, hit the like button, podcast listeners, leave us a five-star rating and review, subscribe wherever you download and listen to podcasts, because we will have some content coming your way over the weekend, including our live show tomorrow night at the White Rabbit in Indianapolis. You can't get tickets, don't ask. Sold out for weeks. For weeks. I'm not lying. That's true. That's a true <laughs> story. I'm looking forward to meeting a lot of people, though. Yep. Shaking some hands. Yeah. Seeing what Hootski looks like in person. I was going to ask, yeah, who are you man. most excited to see in the answer? Is it Hootski? Uh, it's Hootski. He's, he's a long-timer, you know, a Midwestern boy. <laughs> Can't wait to see the polite manners. Well, you never know. Yeah. Hey, he's Midwestern, man. I'm excited to see manners. if he's an owl. Uh, okay, let's get into drafting some of last night's games because there were 13 games on, 26 teams playing. Uh, a lot of them, obviously, their last one here before the All-Star break. We can't get to everything, but let's do the draft. What's your number one pick when it comes to picking from these games last night? Number one pick, Clippers beating the Warriors. A little bit of a comeback mm-hmm. from L.A. This was a four-star game of basketball for me. Veteran teams, a lot of history between the teams, a lot of history between the players on the teams, a mm-hmm. lot of accomplishments out there. They're both playing pretty well. Warriors probably playing the best they have all season. The Clippers were playing their best, and, you know, they're still on track right here. But for all of the MVPs out there, the finals MVPs, the All-Stars, 
Turns out the most underrated player in the league, Norm Powell, <laughs> was the winner here for the Clippers. 21 points Norm Powell scored. He went 5 for 7 for 3, but that's kind of underselling it because he went 4 for 4 from 3 in the fourth quarter, all in the last 7 minutes of this game, and 3 of them came in the last 5 minutes, all of them from the corners. Two of them from the left, one of them from the right. I'd also give a nice tip of the coffee cap to Amir Coffee. <laughs> Paul George had a great game, but he fouled out late in this one, yep. so Amir Coffee steps in, made a couple of huge plays. Splashed a three with a minute 30 left to put the Clippers up by seven. Also uh, grabbed the offensive rebound after Terrence Mann tipped one out uh, underneath the basket. So a really fun game, a cool comeback from the Clippers, and it was just big shots back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Steph Curry completely locked in right now. 41 last night, went 9 of 19 from three. <laughs> Nine of nineteen. It's like we don't. It does, no one even like blinks anymore to see that, which is insane. I know. Nineteen three-point attempts. Yeah. That's awesome. He's made thirty-six threes in his last four games. Nine, seven, nine, and eleven. And he's the first player in NBA history to make seven or more threes in four straight games. You thought Steph Curry had set every three-point record that already exists, but <laughs> right. even he's finding new ones. This was just a fun game, and to see a couple of teams that have history between each other playing a big game, really going for it uh, the last game before the All-Star break, this was awesome. And Steph Curry hit a three before the game, oh. which we'll show you later when we get to Tweet of the Night, hitting the 100-foot tunnel shot. Uh, my only other note from this game, Clay Thompson, massive brain fart, fouling with, like, Yes. 40 seconds to go. No, 40 yeah, I believe it was like 35 40 seconds to go when the when the Warriors were only down 3. Yes. And he just fouls the the ball handler like obviously like 80 feet away from the rim. It was Westbrook, like, he yeah. forgot Westbrook, that's right. Westbrook went to the line, hit a couple of free throws. They went up 5. And then unfortunately it was also Clay Thompson who missed the box out on Amir Coffee and Terrence Mann underneath the hoop yeah. that gave the Clippers a chance to extend the possession on the end. Clay has not been closing games. No. For the Warriors recently, he got a chance in this one, and it wasn't his shooting that let him down. It was the other stuff, which you don't expect from a vet, dude. And later in this show, look at me teasing ahead to everything. We'll talk about the story from yesterday. LeBron James to the Warriors? <laughs> Question mark. We'll get into that in Is This News. But, uh, yeah, good win from the Clips. Norman Powell, man, you know, obviously was one of the best six-man of the year last year. He struggled a bit with scoring uh, at the start of this year, but I feel like he's getting it going here. He's got the crazy stitches there in the middle of the forehead, but yeah. he was he was the best player at times sort of down the stretch here for both teams, which was with loaded rosters. The dude is money from three, particularly from the corners, but he's shooting 45% overall. And like you're saying, last year he finished fourth in six-man of the year voting, 17 per game. The year prior to that, 21 per game for the Clippers. Like, he can score 20 yeah. points per game. yeah. But they've upgraded their talent. You know, it's not Batum and Covington that he's picking up the slack for. It's James Harden and Paul George and Kawhi Leonard as well. So they don't necessarily need 20 from Norm Powell every single night, but he can go for 20 mm -hmm. any night. And if he's open from the corner, you should just count it. I will take with my first pick to keep this moving here, um, Spicy P scoring 23 against his former team as the Pacers went up to Toronto, beat the Raptors 127-125. Electric game. This, I believe, was the Raptors sort of Super Bowl or Game 7 of the NBA <laughs> Finals because that's the type of season it's been. But the, obviously, warm ovation they gave to Siakam before the game with the video tributes. We had an entire section there in the lower bowl where it felt like everybody was wearing a Siakam jersey. It looked incredible. He's did seen, you see how they did that? Yeah, they gave just gave some out, right? Yeah, so, that, yeah. that section. Apparently, like eight years ago, Section 119, I yes, think it is, right. for the Raptors 
was the first time Pascal Siakam had ever seen somebody wearing his jersey. That's right. So everybody in Section 119 got a free Siakam jersey last night because they're left over at the team store. Yeah, true, true. So this is a better way to get rid of them than, you know, charging $40 for them because, honestly, people aren't buying the gold Siakam jersey. Yeah. Not that many people are buying that one, but it was very cool, I thought, to, like, We'll write this off. Who cares if we don't sell a couple of thousand dollars of merch? This was a special moment for Seattle. And it looked cooler than, like, everybody in the same jersey. Like, the same, like, be it red or white or gold or whatever. It looked neat that they were all different uh, Siakam jerseys. But anyway, then we had a great game. Uh, Scotty Barnes bounced back from a very disappointing game prior to this. He was awesome, flirting with a triple-double. Made some mistakes down the stretch. Missed some, uh, you know, shots that probably would have got the Raptors to win. But then what do we have? Siakam hitting the... One that clinched it. I mean, he just went at R.J. Barrett. R.J. Barrett was like, he thought a pick was coming, which the Pacers were starting to bring, and R.J. turned his head. Siaka man's got a quick first step, and he just sort of attacked the rim, kissed it off the glass, and that was the difference maker. And then, you know, all this said, R.J. Barrett had a chance because Pirtle kept grabbing rebounds to give the Raptors <laughs> some life, though they couldn't hit a three off any of them. Anyway, R.J. Barrett, sort of one-on-one, Ben Shepard of the Pacers, Stayed down, moved his feet, just would not let RJ, which you know he wanted to get to the rim and try and lay it in, just stayed in front of him, forced him into like sort of like a little fadeaway jumper there in the paint. It missed. He was frustrated, RJ, but good defense from Ben Shepard. And again, you know, I obviously watched this one. It was the Raptors, it was Siakam coming home, but it was it was fun. And again, to me, this was like the loudest the crowd has been in a while in Toronto, and I think uh, might be the loudest game for the rest of the year because, you know, <laughs> looking after the All-Star break, they're not going to be doing a whole lot. But thoughts on Siakam and how the Pacers played and, and them pulling this out? I thought that for Pascal Siakam tribute night, to see him knock down a couple of sloppy baskets in the fourth quarter was just perfectly fitting. Like, he did that for the Raptors so many times. Shots that you're like, ooh, that is ugly. And it somehow goes in. Uh, That was great. Then I thought you also saw why R.J. Barrett didn't close games for the Knicks. He was basically on the bench for most fourth quarters for Tom Thibodeau. Just... Not great defensive awareness from RJ. There's that play where he doubles uh, Siakam in the post off of Halliburton yeah. on the top. And Halliburton has enough time that he like, looks around, dribbles once, knocks down the three, and runs back yelling, Me? Me? You, d- you doubled <laughs> off me? It was weird. That was a, a brain fart from RJ. And then, like you're saying, he just looked the other way, and Siakam went right to the hoop for a basket and then had no plan, uh, really, on his drive no. there at the end of the game. He got locked down by Ben Shepard, who just looks like an actor version of Jeremy Lamb to me. Like, we got a handsome guy to play Jeremy Lamb. (laughs) That's a fair point. I think, like, look, these are going to be what you are going to see from a lot of Raptors games from the rest of the year. Losses, hopefully close, and hopefully Scotty Barnes continuing to grow. And, like, in this game, again, some bad turnovers late, filled up the box score. He had way more energy which was lacking in that Spurs loss where everyone's like, are you okay? What's going on? He walked off the court. Yeah, right. So, that at least is a positive, and he's going to have to just, like, he's always having to find the balance as the the lead guy now on this team of, like, hey, get us a bucket or, you know, set guys up. And that's, like, you got to, like, only superstars are really mastered that. He's super young, and he's going to get reps here. Hopefully it pays off down the line is all I'm saying because there's not going to be a lot of victories. <laughs> um, it's, it's, yes, there have it's, not been There hasn't Siakam been, and there's traded. not going to be. And, man, that was the other part in watching this game. I'm like, God damn it. We couldn't have got Isaiah Jackson in the deal or a Ben Shepard. You know, okay, I understand not getting Matherin. Obviously, you're not getting Halliburton. You're not getting the top of the top Pacers players. But I thought, you know, some of those, you know, Nemhard obviously comes to mind. So good on Indiana for saying, eh, no, we're not giving you any of those. 
And they didn't. Yeah, they didn't. Uh, but I thought you wanted the Raptors to lose. I mean, I do this year, but I want young talent. Uh, I want I want mm. an Emhart. I want, hell, I'm talking myself into Isaiah Jackson, man. <laughs> Undersized big. I want something. But yeah, fun game. So let's keep going. Your next pick here. Uh, Donovan Mitchell. He uh, beat the Bulls again, unfortunately, last night. I accidentally called him Donovan Miller on yesterday's show. That's because Donovan Mitchell is a Bulls killer. So I'm going to call him Donovan Miller from now on. <laughs> 30 points, 6 boards, 7 assists. Uh, his scoring average actually went down last night. Again, since joining the Cavs in the 22-23 season, Mitchell is averaging 35-7-6 against Chicago. It's goosed a little bit from the 71-point game, <laughs> right, right. for sure. Uh, the fraudulent 71-point game should have only been 58. Go check the last two-minute report. Uh, <laughs> Bulls did a good job in the first half, held him to nine, and then he completely exploded in the second half, just throwing himself at the rim. Went 10 for 10 from the free throw line. But it was actually Darius Garland, to me, who had the biggest shot in the game. A minute 20 left, a tie game. He just danced on Alex Caruso, hit the step-back three, looking really, really shifty out there. Kobe White came back and answered with a three of his own on the other side, but then the Cavs were gifted and away from the ball foul, which should have been on Donovan Mitchell. You could see him push off on Alex Caruso. Kind of took some momentum away from the Bulls, but that guy's the A-side star, and the Bulls are absolutely B-sides. So uh, not surprising to see the Cavs beat the Bulls. They've been on quite a run here, but this was a good game. Donovan Mitchell afterwards said it was a playoff-like game, so Bulls made the playoffs in my mind, and it was kind of a coming-out party nationally for Kobe White, I thought. 32 points, four assists, Five threes. He had 13 in the fourth quarter. Even had Doris Burke bigging him up for MIP, saying he should be at the top of the list, which is the first thing I've heard on a national broadcast talking about Kobe White and where he ranks there. But good to see him get some crunch time reps. Unfortunately, he missed Vucevic on a roll, driving to the hoop, just chucked it too hard. He thought Vuce was rolling for three, but... He was bad last night, so he was not rolling for three, just went right off his hands. And then he barely missed the game-tying three at the end, but a really good switch and contest from Evan Mobley. That's a tough shot from 26 feet over a seven-footer. Sure. So, yes, the Cavs, or at least Donovan Mitchell, continue to uh, have the uh, Bulls number. Uh, which, yeah, yeah, I mean, man. I guess, it, you know, unlikely, but, you know, maybe your Bulls come in through uh, the play-in, of course. They would have to get up there a little bit more to be probably the – seventh seed out of the play-in tournament to take on uh, the Cavs. I mean, the Celtics are just continuing to put distance between, you know, them at the top of the Eastern Conference and the rest of the teams, despite, obviously, the Cavs uh, winning again last night. Um, So, yeah, a 2-7 potential (laughs) potential Cavs-Bulls matchup? Probably unlikely. That could be a a gentlemanly sweep, I would have to imagine. The Bulls will take one, man. George Niang was killing me last night. He only had 11 points, but, like, he was scoring off of drives. Like, I've said Julius Randle is my least... Favorite guy to watch uh, cook your favorite team, but Niang is up no, there because it looks like my friend Murph. <laughs> <laughs> like my friend Murph is suddenly a good three-point shooter and can drive to the hoop. <laughs> Turn him off. Luckily, he fouled out. I cannot now uh, not hear the names George Niang and not think of a potato because someone said he has the shape of a potato. <laughs> and it's like, that's yeah. all I think of now. Can't it's like, deny you're getting cooked it. by Can't a potato, it, man. Because the guy's still a yep. bucket at times. All right, my next pick here uh, in picking from all these games, I will go with Bam... Going for 23 points, 14 boards, as the Heat got the 109-104 victory over the 76ers. It was the Heat's second straight victory, their fourth in five games. Um, You know, Bam said after this, you always want to go into the All-Star break on a good note. To get two signature wins like that, it shows that if we believe we can do it, we can get stuff done. Uh, so they obviously they beat the Bucks, and then now they beat the 76ers, so two of the better teams in the Eastern Conference. Uh, 76ers missing a beat, of course, but uh, it was close. 76ers got it to within three points in the final minute, but the Heat survived thanks to offensive rebounds. 
they made their final three baskets basically on second chance points. Highsmith got one uh, with like, you know, about a minute left, which ended up being Kelly Oubre Jr.'s sixth foul. So he was gone on that, you know, double, double punch to the gut on that offensive rebound. Then 35 seconds left, Hawkes Jr., Getting ready for the dunk contest, threw down one <laughs> off the miss, screaming in baseline. It was off a Duncan Robinson missed corner three. So that was a big play. And then not long after, Heat are holding on. They're up three. Tyler Hero decides to take a jumper with like nine seconds, ten seconds left on the shot clock. And again, this was like sort of like sort of final possession heat territory here. There was still a little bit more time than the shot clock, but he should have really let it go down more. It wasn't even a good shot. It was like contested. He was sort of like off balance. He misses, but bam, bails out the heat with a big offensive rebound. Brutal job by KJ Martin on the... I don't even want to call it a box out because he, he's doing the thing where he's looking away from the ball, like Face from up. the rim. Yeah, yeah. Oh. And if you're going to do that, you at least got to make contact with your guy that you're trying to, again, box out by face guard. It's like, he didn't even do that. And Bam just like, Bam just saw the ball because KJ didn't know where it was going. So he, he was just, looking at the ball. Yeah, he just went around, grabbed it. He gets fouled. And, and, and that was sort of the difference. This tweet from Tim Reynolds, though, Heat threw 55 games last season, 30 and 25. Heat threw 55 games this season. 30 and 25. So they uh, are getting it together here before the break. And a lot of this without most of it without Jimmy Butler, most of it without Jimmy Butler. And obviously the 76ers don't have Joel Embiid, which they are not nearly the same team. They got to play fast. They got to shoot as many threes as possible. They only made 10 out of 35 last night. So it's going to be tough uh, for Philly to win if they're not shooting well, especially bringing in Buddy Heald, who had a great game five for 11. But that means everybody else went, what, five for 24? That's uh, just a hair over 20%. That ain't going to cut it, especially if you're not doing the little things. Like, K.J. Martin's a smaller guy. Having to stick Bam on the box out is tough, but just a great play by Bam to go over the top because he saw it. Yeah, incredible. And, uh, you know, I was thinking about this with the Heat because we got some, like, pushback yesterday when we were talking about teams that deserve more love, and we talked maybe the Wolves are one of those teams. But then we get into the whole thing, like, some of these teams – be it the Wolves, be it the Thunder, like they're going to have to prove they can do it in the postseason. I don't think that's a hot take, right? But you get people say, wow, what are you doing? What are you doing? (laughs) You know, it's funny because the opposite happens with the Heat where they might have a bad record. They might sort of limp into a postseason uh, or a play-in, whatever. But we do the whole like, well, they could beat anybody. (laughs) Totally. They they might go to the finals again. And it's like people are like, oh, come on, stop it. That's not going to happen again. Why not? Why not? They obviously are well coached. They obviously have been through the ringer. They obviously have guys that can step up left and right. And suddenly it's Caleb Martin can't miss last year. Why won't it be Duncan Robinson? Why won't it be whoever? You have to do it. It, I mean, you do. You have to give them more respect than you would give a normal lower-seeded playoff team. You just have to at this point. Well, Yes, exactly right. They did it last year, and they have maybe a psychological advantage over teams like the Celtics and the Bucks, who they could easily run into right. in the first round, and who they have both been bounced by the Heat in the first round, kind of unexpectedly. So, uh, yeah, that's everybody talks about, oh, you never want to see this team or that team in the playoffs. It's actually the Heat that nobody <laughs> no. wants to see. <laughs> you don't want to see them in the play-in. You don't want to see them in the playoffs either. Yeah. But what, they're a half game? behind Indiana right now and two and a half behind Philadelphia. Right. If Embiid doesn't come back at full strength uh, quickly after the all-star break, it's reasonable that Miami gets out of the bottom 
four in the Eastern Conference and makes it into the top six, I think. Yeah, no, for sure. Uh, All right, let's do one more round of drafting here. Lots on the board. Where are you going? Yeah, big game from Zion Williamson beating the Wizards last night. Kind of a funny math game, though. The Wizards took 45 threes and made 21 of them. (laughs) That's incredible. Pelicans took 32, only made 10 threes. But the key is that the Pelicans shot 70% from two-point range, (laughs) 74 points in the paint. A lot of it was Zion. He tied a season high with 36 points. He made 15 shots. 12 of them were layups and three of them were dunks. Wow. Uh, I will say I did some of my own classification because if I look in the box score play-by-play and I see jumper from four feet, I'm counting that one as a layup, man. <laughs> I don't think Zion's driving in and pulling up for a four-foot jumper, but uh, he had to dominate this game. Uh, I was just checking the, the listed weights, you know. Zion, 285. Biggest guys on the uh, on the Wizards, Wizards who played last night, Marvin Bagley, Rashawn Holmes, they're listed at 235. Wow. <laughs> and they weren't even guarding Zion all yeah. that much. He was in the high post for a lot of this. It was Denny Abdia guarding him. And as soon as Zion got his shoulder by Abdia, it was over. It was an easy layup. But on the other side, <laughs> Zion had to guard Denny Abdia, and he couldn't guard him either. <laughs> Career high 43 for Abdia. I tuned into the fourth quarter. I saw Denny Abdia hit a three, and they said, he's got 41 points. And I literally didn't believe it. <laughs> I was like, refreshing the box score. That seemed unbelievable to me. His previous career high, 25 points, wow. but he did it all Good last job. night with Zion on him. Yep. Six threes. Some of them were catch and shoot. Some of them were deep. Some of them were off the dribble. He was attacking in transition. He had dribble drives and dunks in the half court. He finished with size over a guy like CJ McCollum when he would catch him on a switch. It was really, really impressive. It was very funny to see like him and Zion not being able to guard each other, but a really solid season for Denny Abdia. Disappointing for the Wizards this year, but he's a bright spot. Career highs in points, rebounds, and assists. Shooting 52% from the field and 40% from three. Solid. Yeah. Yeah. Here's a fun trivia question for you. From Statitudes, of course. Avdia, first wizard to record a 40.15 rebound game since. Do you know who? Did you see? I did see it. It's crazy. Moses Malone? <laughs> Moses right, Malone. Yeah. In 1987... <laughs> When they were the Washington Bullets. So think about this. That's cool. Denny Avdia is actually the first Washington Wizard to ever have a 40.15 rebound game. That's crazy. Denny Avdia wasn't born until 2001. (laughs) (laughs) That's amazing, man. That is wild. Porzingis never did it. (laughs) Yeah, right. Antoine Jameson never did it. I know. I know. 40-15 no joke. Um, He was playing great. Yeah, that was a monster game. And yeah, Pelican still got it done. Um, Had one more note. Oh, yeah. Lost for my Wizards. You know, Pistons still struggling. But you, and I'm not going to pick it for my last game, but the Hornets are hot right now, baby. You might be pulling away in the Nut Dust Bowl standings. The, the Hornets have won three straight games. I heard Darko Ryakovich is going to throw them a pizza party uh, because they're on fire. And they're playing a little bit of defense, and these new guys that have come in, you know, they're playing with some life. So congratulations to you. I don't, you're, not out, you're not out of the woodwork yet, but... Oh, no, 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 no. But no, no, no. still... <laughs> You can't really count on a team that lost 10 straight and then won three straight. Well, I know. But I saw uh, tweets going around last night that the Hornets are now 3-0 in the Grant Williams era. <laughs> <laughs> that annoying they're guy. Calling it. They're calling it the Grant Williams era. You might want to call great. it the, the Trey Mann uh, Yeah, he was Hornets hooping last era. night. He's, that is a... He's been uh, playing really well for them. Yeah, he's playing well. Uh, my guy Michich is playing well. 13-5 and five off the bench last night, but... I mostly think this is just a bad loss for the Hawks. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Surprise. 99 points, Surprise. Man. Come on. Crazy. All right. Well, my final pick, 
again, there's so much to pick from, so apologies if we don't get to your team or your player that had a good game. But I'm taking the Suns, shaking off Booker's early ejection to roll past Tasmelis' Pistons, uh, 116-100. Quickly about the game, Booker's ejected like five and a half minutes into this game, picks up two quick technicals. There were 51 fouls called in this game. The refs were on edge. Yes. All game. Yes, indeed. Because, maybe for a fair reason, pregame altercation between the Pistons' Isaiah Stewart and the Suns' Drew Eubanks that led to an arrest for assault on Stewart. Now, this is what we know from this. At some point around like 4.30, 4.45, you know, during game day, of course, in Phoenix, Stewart got into it with Eubanks, you know, chest to chest, I guess, by reports, and then punched him in the footprint center there in like the parking lot, in the tunnel, wherever you want to call it. So the Phoenix Police Department announced that Stewart was arrested for assault, issued a citation before being released. Um, it's really, it's unclear what actually sparked this incident, the altercation. They did have some like verbal sparring back in a, in a game in November. Um, were they arguing over a parking spot? Uh, you know, was it a classic, hey, a bump of a shoulder? Like, I thought you were moving, I'm moving. We don't really know. The NBA is expected to receive the footage. They're going to review it. Everybody drops the whole uh, investigations to be made. I'm guessing if the cops were involved and he's punched him in the damn face that he will at least be suspended. Uh, Stuart will be, but... Yeah, just just weird, and it's funny that it did bleed into how the game was sort of officiated oh, because yeah. it was like, you know, emotions are high, so we gotta like try and nip Keep everything in the bud, and that's sure. why Booker got tossed really quick for arguing and all that, and that's why there a lot of fouls were called, I think. But yeah, yeah, what do you think of all this? I mean, pretty strange. Uh, it harkens back to the days of Charles Oakley punching guys in pregame for owing him money from gambling. <laughs> yeah, right. Apparently, none of that is what they said. You know, Drew Banks said it was all about basketball stuff. I guess they were getting into it the first time mm-hmm. when they both put up a whopping eight points against each other yeah. in November. But Isaiah Stewart seems to be a tough guy, seems to be a little bit of a temper boy. Uh, everybody knows him most from going after LeBron on the court. So yeah. these are his two biggest NBA moments, really. That's not a great look, which is why, like you're saying, he will probably end up getting suspended and probably go through like anger management classes yeah. or something, I would imagine. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, back, uh, it was B. Stewart, uh, B. Stu, <laughs> B. Stewart. Um, Chasing, I guess, after LeBron in 2021, mm-hmm. yeah, like where he like, remember it like calmed down for a second and then he like broke free, <laughs> let him go. Yeah, yeah, broke free trying to get to them. So yeah, just a, just a weird incident here and we'll wait to learn more after the NBA makes a decision on this. But in the end, Suns, you know, took care of business. Um, and Eubanks played, right? Weird. Oh yeah, he had a good game. <laughs> well, he, and he was like, you know, like, six and six. He, like he was pretty solid. Yeah. And he, I think he seems very like shocked by it all. Yeah. And and you know, maybe it happened like really quickly. We don't know. We he really said don't soft know. Soft punch. Soft punch. Oh, that's I didn't. Said, I didn't yeah. catch that. Okay. Well, geez, that's gonna that's gonna fire up Beef yeah, even more. More man. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, we'll call it there. Again, we had the Celtics winning by a thousand points last night. Some other great games there. The Mavericks getting a win. I'm actually surprised you didn't take uh, the Kings beating the Nuggets. Kings beating the Nuggets. Fox made so many plays down the stretch of this one. That was awesome. And then my guy Sweet P. Paolo, 36-7 in a win against the Knicks. Again, lots left on the table. I mean, the Kings, every time time I jump on here and talk up the Kings, they just follow it up with a stinker, and I look like a fool. So I'll just leave it as it is. All right, we're going to take a break, and when we come back, we will talk about the LeBron James to the Warriors rumors. Don't go anywhere. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes 
and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobeUltra.com courtside to learn more. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. All right, final show from the Classic Factory this week as we get ready to head to Indianapolis for All-Star Weekend. Very excited about that. But before we go, let's do a little Is This News. I have what might be the most is this newsy headline of all time from ESPN dropped on yesterday. We didn't get to it on yesterday's show, but we tackle it today. It reads Warriors made bid for LeBron James at trade deadline. Trey Kirby is this news. This is the biggest news we've ever heard. (laughs) (laughs) Owner to owner conversations. Joe Lacob apparently called Jeannie Buss and said, Hey, LeBron, Warriors? Nah. Check with Rich Paul. <laughs> Rich Paul said, nah, he wants to stay here. <laughs> Crazy stuff, man. Uh, I, this was fun to read. Uh, mm-hmm. Just a, a little post-trade deadline slop with the biggest names in the NBA right yeah, now. Yeah. Uh, some incredible moments in it as well. But I'm left after reading it just wondering, like, why? Why does this exist? Right. And who does it benefit most? I think the Lakers. Okay, explain. Think, why? Just because it's like... LeBron had been sending all these signals that maybe he wanted out at the end of the season. Maybe he was even going to be traded at the trade deadline. We were talking Dave Pingalore once upon a time, remember? <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, so apparently the Warriors call and say, hey, is LeBron available? The Lakers say, we don't, we don't want to trade him, but why don't you check with Rich Paul? And then Rich Paul says, no, LeBron wants to stay a Laker. That looks good for the Lakers, that he would turn down theoretically going to play with <laughs> right. Steph Curry in right. Golden State. Who knows what the alleged package would be. I guess it benefits LeBron as well. You know, he's kind of being courted around the league from uh, the Warriors are mentioned here and the 76ers come up as well, which yep. is a, just a very funny moment. Is Je- is LeBron available? No. Is Joel available? No. All right, we'll talk later. <laughs> uh, but I think ultimately, like, this is most favorable for the Lakers to be like, yeah, LeBron still likes us, even though it didn't seem like he did. Right. And even though we don't still know what the hell that uh, hourglass emoji means. No one and will he ever refuses know. to tell us. Yeah. And he has not committed to obviously, you know, the, the whole player option uh, for next season as well. That's what uh, that's my takeaway from this. It's like, oh, my God, buckle up here. We're going to go through a whole summer of LeBron to Warriors or LeBron to somewhere else, like during the summer of slop uh, when this season actually ends. Because you're right. Why did this drop now? All I can come up with is one of two things. It's a classic, like, let's be honest, ESPN clickbait move where it's like, well, we're heading into the All-Star break. Could use uh, 24 hours of uh, content here. Hey, we'll drop this basically a week after the trade deadline. LeBron to the Warriors? Question mark. And then you can run with that on every single talk show for at least a day, which they did yesterday. Oh, uh, great wind horse moment. <laughs> Talking about this where he's like, what if I told you that LeBron and Steph Curry have been talking for months about playing for Steve Kerr? Right. At the Paris Olympics. Right. <laughs> that, was, that was an incredible wind horse setup. I loved it, man. So so there's that angle, 
you know, but then again, like this is coming. This isn't like a butt crack sports, you know, dot uh, com or something. This is this is Woj and, and Ramona Shelburne. And then it had the athletic guys, you know, off, also writing about it and actually putting in the whole Bronny James factor, which we can get to in a second. So the other thing that's going on here is this is laying the groundwork for eventually LeBron departing from the Lakers. I mean, you have to at least explore the possibility. It's, you know, sprinkling some breadcrumbs here uh, as, again, as we eventually make our way to summer because, yeah, there's the Draymond Green connection. They're going to be likely playing in the Paris Olympics and the, and the Brotherhood. LeBron has talked before about wanting to play with Steph. Like, that's sort of on his wish list, so there's that. The Warriors could... They could, obviously, in moving off of uh, Chris Paul's non-guaranteed contract, Clay Thompson is unrestricted, maybe you trade Wiggins. I even think if you did all that, you still don't have max money for LeBron, so maybe you're convincing him to take less than max, and then does that include this whole Bronny James thing? Which again, the athletic wrote a lot more about mm-hmm. this idea that like he's like being he's like almost a chip in all of this, right? Like, is someone going to draft him? He doesn't seem to, he doesn't appear to be a first round pick material if you've seen him in USC right now. Um, but will anyone care if it gets LeBron James to your team? And is that really what LeBron all he wants as he's going to go into his 40th year season, age season? So it's all I mean I don't know. I want to like brush this off and go get out of here. LeBron's jumped ship three times and it all comes in free agency. That's exactly right. And he right. could and he could, you know, be a free agent if he doesn't Pick up the $51.4 million player option. And there's always breadcrumbs ahead of the there time. There is. And these definitely feel like breadcrumbs. And also, I mean, maybe it's a little bit more of a ploy from LeBron trying to put pressure on the front office because uh, Sam Amick, Anthony Slater, and Jovan Buha got together and wrote up for The Athletic, and they talked so much about what the Lakers' plans are yeah. going forward with regards to LeBron. Like, uh, they want LeBron to tire, retire a Laker, is what the the Athletic reports, and the Lakers plan on chasing Trey Young, Donovan Mitchell, and Kyrie Irving once again. Which you know, if LeBron is flirting with other teams and showing that he's still desired from other co- championship contenders, it makes the Lakers feel even more pressure to make some sort of a move to yeah. improve uh, their front office. And then yeah, maybe he's doing a little agent work. For his son, trying to help his draft stock by saying, hey, I'm, I'm playing wherever he plays. And he has kind of struggled here in his season with USC. So maybe his, his uh, spot on the draft boards is not as high up as it once was. Yeah. I don't know. But it definitely feels like, I don't know. It felt like LeBron would retire a Laker when he went to L.A. And now I don't think it's a guarantee. I don't think it's a guarantee. He's all His, his primary objective is always winning. He's, again, not afraid to move if that if he believes it helps his chances to win another title. He is chasing, you know, the the ghost of Jordan, however you want to call it. So, yeah, you're right. I think this is a part of it, uh, especially when you read the Athletic article, that the Lakers will have three first-round picks. They'll have four pick swaps. They'll have multiple second-round picks to be aggressive for a star if that is really what LeBron wants. It's so funny. LeBron is like... I mean, he's always, he's almost always fighting his own front office, right? Because yes. of, because of his timeline, but you could really, you know, pooch a, a franchise if it doesn't work. And, you know, not that it blew up everything, but we saw when LeBron, the GM, took over and wanted Westbrook, and it was like, no, that was wrong. But yeah, be it Trey, be it Donovan Mitchell, Kyrie, those names are linked for sure. So will LeBron be like, I need one of those star players to go with me and AD, or if not, 
Peace. And I'm going to go and try and team up with, you know, either Steph or someone else to help my chances. I mean, we shall see. I guess it will depend on what happens with the Lakers in the playoffs. You know, if they go to the conference finals again, maybe that changes his mind. You know, they're a final four team, even though they didn't actually get close to winning the championship this year. You can at least talk yourself into it. But there's also stuff in there. And I guess it was the ESPN report saying LeBron was happy with DeJounte Murray or Zach Levine. Mm -hmm. It feels like they're going to need another guy at some point, unless Spencer Dinwiddie is apparently the best player in <laughs> in Lakers right. history. Uh, we shall see. But uh, it feels like it's going to be a dramatic summer, especially like yeah. Bronny coming into the draft. LeBron looking for a new deal with something that ESPN reported as well. He might turn down the $50 million yeah. uh, option he has next year and try and sign like a three-year deal that would be for, I don't know. 180 or something like <laughs> right, something right. some kind of crazy number but that will happen obviously the lakers get um a lot more assets to try and trade somebody and you've even heard reports from atlanta this week that maybe it's dejounte murray they end up keeping and they're looking to move trey young so once all these guys get together for team usa minicamp oh, it's gonna go insane yes i was thinking that as well when the that's exactly right in vegas and then whoever the team is oh, man, in yeah. paris uh here we go again with uh you know the big three sort of forming that way uh, in Miami because of uh, all talking together during the Olympics. That's uh, that's what happened. So wait, Olympics. Yeah. Uh, the Daryl Morey angle of all this to go back to it. Very funny within the ESPN article. Quote: After seeing LeBron's cryptic social mo- social media post of an hourglass a week before the trade deadline, 76ers president of basketball operations Daryl Morey called Palinka to probe on a LeBron trade and was immediately told that. James wasn't available. In fact, Polinka responded by asking Maury if Joel Embiid was available. Uh, people are, uh, you know, and then there was something about he also tried to call the Suns. Maury did. And, hey, any of those big three you got over there available? You guys are struggling. Check in. Um, so people, they knock Maury for this. But do you have an opinion? Like, do you laugh at this? Or do you, like, look at it like, yeah, that's his job. I mean, he should be calling. Totally. Maybe as silly as it sounds, but why wouldn't you? Yeah, I think you should call. And, I mean, maybe it's, uh, maybe it's all jokes, you know? <laughs> Him and Rob, hey, LeBron there? Yeah, no. Joel, no. They're just having fun, you know? They got to talk on the phone all the time, these guys. Right. A closed mouth don't get fed, right? Isn't that the same? so true. Yeah. Or shoot or shoot. Or, shoot, or shoot. Or fuck it, why not, is what Maury <laughs> lives by. Uh, but that was very funny within the article. All right, we'll be talking, I'm sure, a lot more about LeBron and the Warriors, especially when they play in a 9-10 matchup in the play-in game. And uh, then they hug after the game, and you see some whispering... Get ready. Shirt over mouth talk. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Next one from the Athletic. Clippers send PJ Tucker and Bones Highland home from the road trip versus the Warriors. Uh, so, you know, before this game last night, both players are expected to rejoin the team after the All Star break. But is this news with PJ Tucker and Bones Highland just being sent home before the break here? I guess it's news, but it's not really news because I completely forgotten about Bones Highland <laughs> and PJ Tucker just. Hasn't really been P.J. Tucker since about the 21 finals. You know, he was great for the Bucks during that playoff run. Uh, was instrumental in at least making it tough for Kevin Durant in, in that Nets series. Uh, but he doesn't give you much offensively. Like, he, at one point, I remember he went like a month without scoring. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was a couple of seasons ago. In his prime, uh, if you will. <laughs> Also, he could easily go to a new team if he decides to take a buyout, but he's got a $11 million contract for next season yeah. that he doesn't want to give up, um, which, you know, fair enough. He signed the contract. Make your $11 million. It apparently, it takes a lot of money to ship his shoes from place to place, <laughs> and he had 250 pairs that they were trying to figure out what to do with them. Uh, but this is kind of like the downside of player empowerment. 
James Harden requested a trade. He wanted to be gone from Philadelphia, and to make all of the money work, they had to include P.J. Tucker. So now he's sent to L.A. where he's not going to see the court because they've got such a deep team right there. So one player was empowered, and the other guy was just kind of along for the ride that he didn't want to be a part of. Yeah, and and Clippers, the Clippers and Tucker had been talking for, like, apparently months about, you know— maybe trading him at the deadline. And obviously that didn't come to fruition. And so it's now like, okay, well, I'm still here. Now what? He wants to play. He wants to be re-entered into the rotation. But there's an issue here. The Clippers have the NBA's best record since December 1st. They're now 28-7 and after the win last night over that span. During that stretch, Bones Highland played seven games, sparingly. None since January 31st, and Tucker hasn't played in a game since, since since November 27th. So it's not like we're like they're missing these guys. I'm sorry, they're not. Yeah. That's why this is maybe not newsworthy. It's like oh, two guys that are not even playing on uh, maybe on one of the best teams right now in the league. Like who cares? But just weird, like weird the uh, just go get out of here. You know, just go reset, and we'll see you maybe after the All Star break. That, that's fascinating to me. What happens when they all come back? Does Luke give him a shot? Are they in better spirits because now they know their situation and can like try and lock in for a potential like postseason run? We'll see. But a little weird just to be sent home. Both two guys. Yeah. <laughs> you don't see the two guys. Yeah. I mean, uh, Bones Highland, I don't think is that big of a deal. I mean, the literally the Nuggets shipped him out so that they could have serenity in their locker room. And yeah. they have not missed him since. And he has not made an impression for the Clippers. And who are you going to play him over? They've got four awesome ball handlers out there. Uh, P.J. Tucker, I guess he could be mad that they brought in Daniel Tice, right? Like, when Mason Plumley went down after uh, Randall rolled into his leg, you could have went with P.J. Tucker as the, the other five, you know? But he just doesn't really bring much offensively, and this is a team that loves their space on the floor. Yeah, he was, like, you know, pretty open, I thought, in this uh, athletic article, P.J. Tucker was. Like, talking about, like, you know, I can't just come in and, like, play in the postseason, right? Like, I'm, I'm like... He's like, that's very difficult to do. I've been on really good teams that have gone far and stuff like that, but that's through reps and obviously, um, you know, familiarity with the with the starters and stuff like that. So he was he was honest. I mean, the guy wants to play. You can't knock him for that. But uh, at this point of his career, they don't they don't really have a, a role for him. There's no spot right now. Hence why they tried to trade him. Didn't get anything they wanted. He's got this weird contract, you know, um, which good for him, <laughs> but. It's weird. Uh, final note from that article. Kawhi Leonard expected to be in Indiana for the All-Star break. I saw them slip that in there. No news yet if whether he's not going to play in the game, whether we need an injury replacement. So he is, uh, in theory, at least going. I'm sure he's got, like, uh, sponsorships he needs to, you know, show up to. He's got to do something with Jack Harlow at the New Balance activation, probably. There you go. There you go. But, but- yeah, Ty Lu said that, like, he played through it in the previous game. Uh, when they played against the Timberwolves. So this one seemed like a kind of cautionary rest. Yeah. Next uh, headline here, also from The Athletic. Uh, Knicks filing protest with NBA to dispute Monday's loss to the Rockets. We had too much going on yesterday. It was Valentine's Day. We had to ask silly Valentine's Day questions. (laughs) So we overlooked this, but the Knicks decided to file Tuesday evening, highlighting the NBA's last two-minute report and game crew chief Ed Malloy's acknowledgments that the foul call on Knicks guard Jalen Brunson against Houston's Aaron Holiday inside the final second was incorrectly called. So they have now filed the protest. I think the league has up to like five days to, to ultimately decide. Is this news? Yes, it's news when a protest happens, and I think it's like an easy way to support your team. It's actually news if they win it, 
Because Ooh, yeah. these protests never actually are won. The last one was the Crazy Shack game, and that was, what, 07 or 08? 2007. 2007. Yeah. Well, there you go. Fred Katz mentioned over at, at The Athletic that a team must prove that officials misapplied a rule. This is more a bad call, and they don't yes. usually uh, give grant protests for bad calls. You know, the Trailblazers almost filed a pro- protest for that Malcolm Brogdon, Chauncey Billups timeout travel call against yeah. OKC. They said they were going to do it. They didn't even do it. Yeah. They didn't follow through on it, but it's only 10K to file a protest. That's a good way to support your team. <laughs> yeah, it is. And you're right. Uh, I don't think uh, this one will be, um, I guess, upheld, I Probably guess is not. the way to put it, just because it's, it unfortunately is a slippery slope. It's, it's a call that they got wrong, that they admitted they got yeah. wrong. But, like, man, how many times then would we see this happening? It's more this misapplication of a rule, which made sense that the one back in 07 with Shaq, that was all based around they thought he had six fouls. They took him out of the game, mm-hmm. and they were wrong. You know, they went back and was like, oh, damn, he had five. Like, that was a scorekeeper, you know, mistake. And so then they played the overtime later, or the final 50 seconds of overtime. Shaq wasn't even there because he had been traded. <laughs> so that was so weird funny. as it is. Nobody scored. It was a complete waste of time. But uh, I don't think we're going to be seeing Knicks Rockets five minutes of overtime. <laughs> I hope we not. do. I, I mean, I hope we do. It'd be fun. Do they so, have another game on the schedule? I didn't I, even look. I don't know. Um... Yeah, the, yeah, it might be a nightmare, but I just also like look, oh, the NBA has gotten in bed as as every sport has with gambling. Does this have what impact does this have on like bets and shit like that? <laughs> I mean, you open a Pandora's box with this. So, I don't think the league will change it or make them play the game, but you're right. It's like you know, the Knicks should do this, I guess is the way. Just go through the motions yep. and say, "Yeah, we got dropped." And we're letting you know for another 24, 48-hour cycle here in the news. We didn't forget. Yeah, we did not forget. We and forget. I think it was Jason Goebel made that call. Goebel. Yeah. Okay. I think it was Jason Goebel was the bald guy that we identified uh, uh, right. yesterday. Oh, right. Because yeah, Ed Malloy's got to go face the music as the crew chief. Yeah, right? yeah. He, he didn't even call it. And then it was Goebel who made the call on uh, Donovan Mitchell, Alex Caruso last night in the Bulls game. Oh, jeez. I got my eye on you, Jason. Yeah. What's up, Goebel? I hope you're not at All-Star Weekend. Or we'll be having a talk. <laughs> yeah, I'll file my own protest. <laughs> All right, uh, final <laughs> one here. From NBA.com, Dominique Wilkins, Fred Jones headlined the judges for the 2024 AT&T Slam Dunk. So Neek won the dunk contest in 85 and 90, won in it a lot. Fred Jones, who? Some of you might be saying he won in 2004. <laughs> We got a fun short coming about Fred Jones winning the dunk contest. You are, you are the back. big teaser. I am, I am teasing everything left and right today. This is a fun short coming up uh, you know, around noon. And then uh, we also have Gary Payton, Mitch Richmond, and Darnell Hillman, a star for the uh, Indiana Pacers in their ABA days, which is pretty cool. Uh, sure. So those are the five guys. Is this news? Finding out the judges. <laughs> no. No? Uh, I mean, that's a little bit of news. Uh, Dominique Wilkins, I feel like he judges quite often. I was thinking the same thing. I almost sat down last night to go, all right, how many times has Dominique Wilkins been a coach, or excuse me, a, a judge for the dunk contest? I was like, that's going to take some work, because that that's not going to be listed anywhere. I don't. No, nah, you would have to watch the scoring. Yeah. <laughs> the yeah. first dunk of But whoever. I'm with you. I feel like he's done a lot a of A ton these. of them. Yeah. yeah. I don't know how many, but what's, what's the over under? Four and a half? Oh, I was. You think I way over? Like, I was like 10 and a half. Oh, I don't know. Really? Uh, maybe, maybe. <laughs> I guess he does he's feel like he does it a lot. around a lot. Uh, I thought Gary Payton and Mitch Richmond were interesting inclusions here. Okay, yeah. Just because they're not known as dunkers. Yep. Nor are they pacers. Right. So I'm saying, give me Terrence Stansberry. 
Oh, wow. The first guy I remember in a Pacers uniform in a dunk contest did the Statue of Liberty 3D or 360. Yeah, that's a great dunk. Yeah. Underrated dunk. Um, what about active players? Just put Paul George in. <laughs> sure. Paul George, Victor Oladipo. Uh, yeah, right, right. Uh, I do like the Darnell Hillman. Uh, yeah, that's cool. That, that is very cool. And, uh, and Fred Jones is very fun. Like, you know, again, I tease the short, but. The 2004 dunk contest is one of the most insane dunk contests. It's a weird ending to a dunk contest. He was taking on Jay Rich, who had won the previous two. He's trying to win his third straight. And it's like, it's just littered with like botched dunks. And it ends so flat that it's just, it's brutal. <laughs> I mean, we we always like, a lot of people like always want to rip on these recent dunk contests. Fair. Some of them have been like lackluster, missing big names. There are some other crappy ones in like yes. the early 2000s. Yes. Like we always remember, you know, Jay Rich and Vince and those, but there's some other ones that are like it ends with Miss Dunk. <laughs> the dunk contest has had to come back a lot of times. The <laughs> <laughs> skeets. Indeed. What do you think they're gonna have Reggie do? Like Reggie should be a star at All Star Saturday Night. I'm kind of surprised they don't have him as a judge for the dunk contest. Give him a headphones yeah. and a microphone and let him talk through it. Yeah, yeah, right. That They've done that before because he'll be I mean, on the podcast. He's got to be a big part of the three-point contests, whether it be the actual one or Steph versus Sabrina. <sighs> Man, why can't Reggie just compete against them? That'd be oh, that would be sick. Cool. That'd be a fun little uh, like unveiling. He rips off Easter the egg. suit yeah, <laughs> and goes and gives it a go. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I hope he's you know obviously celebrated. I would think he would be. Yeah. But it's a good point that he's not one of the judges. Gary Payton and Mitch Richmond. Oh, I hope we don't see Mitch Richmond while we're at All-Star Weekend. <laughs> I think he's going to be a great judge. <laughs> the Rock? You know what? I think Mitch Richmond's going to be a Hall of Fame judge. Yeah, he's going to he's gonna give the, great, <laughs> the best scores. That's right. <laughs> okay. You know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, I was like, I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shea Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f-ing best. Each week, Shea Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture themed trophies for six basketball related activities. Trophies like the Dom- Dominic Toretto, I live my life a quarter mile at a time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina Wine Mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service that you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Let's wrap up this bad boy with Tweet of the Night. Mm, tweet of the Night. Wow. Twitter. This one's must watch for you podcast listeners. So either come to YouTube or seek it out yourself. Go to at NBCS Warriors because this is a video where they wrote, this is not a drill, Steph Curry, full court tunnel shot. 
And the clip is Steph in pregame from 100 feet chucking the ball and having it go in on the other end and then celebrating a little bit. And you see the fans around him going, wow, he hit it. That's incredible. That's an insane shot. Footer. <laughs> is this a Gatorade commercial? Has this been doctored? <laughs> no, this is real. Only, only Steph here, man. What, what an <laughs> incredible that angle. Whoever was doing camera work on that, give that person a raise. They, they nailed that. Like showing where he was to the zoom out uh, and then going back. Does it give you an idea of like, holy crap. I know there's like, there's um, maybe you've seen some footage of fans that actually had their camera going too. Yeah. So you see it from Steph's advantage point. Amazing. Think he'll pull this out over All-Star Weekend? <laughs> no. No? No, I think he maybe in practice. impressed himself so much that it's even a rarity for Steph Curry mm. to make a 100-foot shot. I was surprised that there's a there's a write-up on this on The Athletic. His old tunnel shots at Oracle, mere 50-footers. Right. They seemed longer to me, but this one's twice as long. That's unbelievable. Because he wasn't shooting those ones on the other end of the of the arena right. on the other end of the floor he was shooting those ones from the tunnel which was very far away right into like dare i say baseline you know what i mean yeah or like almost behind it um so yeah this one this one's <laughs> even new for steph <laughs> incredible <laughs> gotta shoot it in the game <laughs> how many threes did he hit last night nine yeah nine you should have known you, you should have known that was coming after you knocked down this one <laughs> yeah 10 for 20 on the night He's including a hundred footer <laughs> What a shot. What a clip. Like, it's I mean, so- now now if you're the Warriors and you're down by two, one second left, ball out of bounds underneath the opponent's hoop. Yeah. No timeouts. You got to play. Run yep. Steph to the corner and shoot a hook shot. It might go in. Of course. Only 94 feet. It's easy. <laughs> it's nothing for yeah. him. Take a little off. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. You got to guard this guy 94 feet. You got to guard him 100 feet, apparently. That's unbelievable. He's out of bounds. You can't throw it in, can you? <laughs> he no, can't throw it no, in no, from no. the baseline. Wouldn't count. There's a, you know, like a, a compliment you would pay somebody is his range starts when he walks in the gym. Literally true now for Steph Curry. <laughs> yeah. What a clip. Uh, my gut is he'll, he'll uh, well, I don't know the setup of the Game Bridge Fieldhouse or even the Luke. Wow. Well, hold on. He could do it in a football stadium. No, oh, dude. Get, get him up. Yeah, dude. Perfect. Level 500, <laughs> Steph. 5,000 foot shot. <laughs> My point is he's going to try, uh, of course, give it, give it a go over All-Star Do Weekend. Do something cool. At, at some point. All right, let's call it there. Only three games on tonight. Bucks, Grizz, Warriors, Jazz, Wolves, Blazers. Everybody else getting ready for All-Star Weekend just like us. We're going home. We're packing. We're jumping on a flight. Going to Indianapolis. The next show, you should hear from us. JD, are you also going to see from us? I'm a little confused by this. Are they going to see our live show on Friday night on the interwebs? On Friday night? Yes. Probably not on Friday night. Okay. L- early, early Saturday morning. We won't be live streaming it. Okay, if that's, that's what, what I'm asking. asking. Yes. Are we potentially live streaming the Saturday night <laughs> post All Star festivities? Listen, I don't know what we're walking into logistically okay. over there. Okay. So, okay. Um, you're gonna get some content, and that's well. Let's just leave it at that. <laughs> Fine with content. me. Fine with me. That's why you should subscribe. All right. Hit the like button. Podcast listeners, the pods will be coming. Hope to get that live show up uh, late Friday night, early Saturday morning. And then we are going to hopefully do another one after the Saturday night festivities. Uh, And again, that'll go up late Saturday, maybe early Sunday. And then we'll be taking a couple days off next week. But content all weekend long. Follow us uh, across all the social media channels at No Dunks Inc. Talking TikTok, 
and Instagram and Twitter and all that good stuff because we'll be posting I'm sure a lot of photos and videos uh, from our time there I can't wait I'm pumped I'm ready I'm very excited as well I saw CJ Toledano posted a picture of him dragging his kid across the, uh, <laughs> the uh, airport the airport <laughs> court <laughs> oh you can bet your ass we're taking a photo of that oh yeah oh yeah we are <laughs> right away You, in fact you're going to see that photo at like 525 today <laughs> hopefully hopefully Actually, we gotta make that photo quick, man, because yeah. we gotta get to dinner. We got a yeah. tight schedule. We, we got a St. Elmo's dinner reservation. <laughs> it's the only restaurant in Indiana, apparently, in Indianapolis. Everybody Number has suggested St. Elmo's Steakhouse, and this guy's gonna buy a St. Elmo's uh, Steakhouse hat. Uh, at, at some point this week, so I gotta go to a separate pop-up to buy a steakhouse. Oh, hat. you can't buy it at the. You restaurant. can't buy it there. I don't know. Well, they did have that picture of the guy carrying him around on a tray. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so maybe it's been added it's, to the menu. It's on the secret menu. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> we'll yeah. see. One hat, please. And, and what's this uh, cocktail shrimp? Right? Is that what they're saying? You gotta have. Uh, shrimp cocktail. Shrimp cocktail. I think, cocktail. Been yeah. like on, I think this is like a really old restaurant, right? Re- like yeah. From like early 1900s, and the shrimp cocktail has been on since the start. It's their oh. signature dish. Okay. Okay. So I'm in. All right. Photos to come. Shrimp cocktails to come. Uh, just follow us on social media. It's gonna be a fun weekend. Pack your winter jackets, boys. Mm. Flurries in the air. <laughs> the packing for this sucks. Right? I saw you the tweet worst. that. It's the, the worst. worst. You got it's 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 sweater season, it's pants season, it's giant jackets. Big old jackets. I'm not checking a bag. Are you out of your mind? I'm I have to check a bag Why? because Jerome ordered a goddamn fleece that's the size of my bag. <laughs> Wear it. Well, I don't want to open. I don't like opening other people's mail. Yeah. He ordered it. It's he sent his. it to your house. You can do whatever you want. I don't know if I can pull off Korean streetwear. <laughs> Oh, we've got. I mean, he, hold he on, you be... gotta take a photo in the Indianapolis <laughs> airport on the court in wearing your uh, Jerome's Korean streetwear. All right, I'll ask permission to that. Maybe he's yeah. gonna allow you. He will. Yeah, sure, yeah. sure. All right, guys. So we'll see you from Indianapolis. Uh, until then, Clipper Bros. You heard it here first. Have a great time. Turn up. Love you guys. Awesome. Thanks for joining us. And remember, there's more than corn in Indiana. Embrace the day, people.